people <laughs> welcome back to another episode of the shameless romantic i'm gonna be your host i'm kat and as always we're about to get real raw and definitely nowhere near vanilla <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in today it just means the world i love hearing all of the feedback all of the amazing things you guys have to say to me about all the podcasts Thank you so much for giving me ideas, being my muses. I'm just so, so grateful for each and every one of you. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow me on Instagram. And that's Cat is Shameless on Insta. And then I also have my Twitter, which is shamelessrmntc, which is obviously like romantic, but you know, Twitter likes to shorten everything. <laughs> So we're coming at you live from Orlando. We are on episode six. Holy cow. Can you believe we made it this far? But I have a juicy, juicy episode planned for you ahead. And I have an amazing co-host today. Her name is Nabila and she's going to join us. Hi, how are you all? I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Seriously, this is a really hot topic and it's so requested and we have a lot of advice. We have a lot of experience and sadly a lot of pain and trauma to kind of talk about with this. Yes. <laughs> so in this episode, it's going to be surviving narcissistic relationships. <laughs> It's spicy, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> so in terms of narcissism, I just kind of wanted to lay down a good description about what it's like dating somebody who suffers from narcissism. And yes, I do say suffers because it's nearly a disease. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, it is. <laughs> it needs therapy. It needs everything. Yeah, yes. it really is. <laughs> so if you haven't already had any kind of experience with any of this, it's our intention to really bring this to light, give everybody the wherewithal and the tools and tricks to try to be able to spot these types of people, as well as identify possible tendencies in yourself, you know, making sure that you're in line and you're not falling for any of those traps that you end up falling into. So narcissism in general is a abnormal or like obsessive love with yourself in essence, right? It's something where you think so highly of yourself. You want everyone else to bend over backwards for you. You put your needs in front of everybody else's. You like to almost play with people's minds and manipulate situations and people. So as you might guess, this can be very problematic yes. and also highly scarring for the people in your life that you may be affecting. And whether it's intentional or unintentional, it can do some serious damage, right? Yes, it can. Yeah. So um, I guess let's kind of start from the beginning. Um, Nabila has a lot of great insight. Um, so, Nabila, tell us about you. You're from Puerto Rico. I'm from right? Puerto Rico. Yes. <laughs> I am 34 years old. Mm -hmm. I've been in a couple relationships. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm a mother. Mm-hmm. And um, with this, I have learned a lot to identify red flags mm-hmm. and not ignore any red flags that you see. Yeah. So, yeah, that's mostly me yeah. learning. I'm still learning what works for me, not works for everybody. Of course. But always is the most important is to just identify it and just try to work around it and get out of there as soon as possible. Amen. Yes. (laughs) So, Nabila, for the couple of relationships that you had, how old were you when you think you had your first run-in with somebody who suffered from narcissistic tendencies? I was not as young as you might think. I was about 27 years old. Okay. Okay. He was younger than me. Mm -hmm. That was one of the major things. You start feeling, sometimes when you've been for so long by yourself, Mm -hmm. you feel like this person is the only thing you deserve, Uh, right? Yes. And then being by yourself for so long, being a mom, a single mom, when you feel like this person is giving you attention, you feel like that's what you deserve and all that you can get, Yes, yes. So that makes you a lot of times ignore this little red flags. Right. And you tend to please when you've been for so long by yourself mm-hmm. and trying just to get with someone. Sometimes you just start to please and minimize your feelings. Yeah. You start um, not thinking about you. You start thinking about how to please the other person because you don't want to be alone again. Right. So, yeah. And that's a genuine fear. I think for a lot of people, myself included, that's how it starts because you just, you almost have a little fear of like being alone or like that person abandoning you. And so you do everything possible to make them happy, please them, make sure that they'll stick around. Yes. And you can have, you can be mature and you can be 20, 30, 40, but if you are not able know that you can what you like and what you deserve Mm -hmm. you start you start feeling like you need to please them right so that's where you need to identify that before and start pleasing yourself instead of others amen yes (laughs) (laughs) we love to hear that yes um other than that i started this relationship with a great guy Mm-hmm. It was in the medical field. He has his own office. It's an adult person, younger right. than me, two years younger, but had a career. Was right. treating you right, was taking you out for places, was taking care of your kid. And for you, you had, you put it out like, I want this type of relationship. Yes, we can do it. Mm-hmm. The thing starts to show when, whenever you have a discussion or you want to sp- express your feelings your feelings are not valid. Yeah. It's their feelings. They're afraid of of you not fe- looking at them the way they want to be looked, mm-hmm. the one they the way they want to be felt, the way they they want things. So, they start making you feel like you're the problem. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's just so home-hitting for me. <laughs> yes. And a lot of narcissist people, they you can Easy identify them sometimes because they hit you, they insult you, they tell you mean things, but those are not the narcissists you have to be aware of. You have to be yeah. more aware of the ones that they can do mind games with you. Yes. Amen. Okay. 
those mind games go into your all like they make you feel like you're not pretty enough that you're not enough that they what you do for them is your choice and it's what they deserve not you mm -hmm. so that's where you have to understand that they're gonna bring you down and it's not gonna be any time better they don't change unless they get therapy mm -hmm. they need to identify it and most narcissist people they do not identify they're being a narcissist right no that's very true and the thing is it's the people who think that they don't need therapy that ultimately are the ones who need it the most <laughs> isn't that ironic yes It's so ironic. And I love the point that you brought up about it's not the ones who are like physically hitting you or doing something that you can, you know, visibly see like a tangible thing. It's really more of the mental abuse and all the things that they make you think and question. Yes. Um, and for me, that sadly was more of the experience that I had. It was a lot of people who wanted to play mind games and it was It was a feeling, I remember explicitly explaining it to my mom. I was like, this guy makes me question reality. Mm -hmm. You know, I could say, this is how something happened. And he'd be like, no, it didn't. That's, you didn't see that. That's not how it happened. That's not how it went down. And I literally thought I was going crazy. Yeah, <laughs> because they, they lie and they have their story. I call it like a little bubble. Yeah. They're in their little bubble. And they can manipulate what they think and make you think what they're thinking and make you mm -hmm. doubt what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I used to tell a friend that he would tell me so much, even though I knew I was, I had my career, I had everything, I was a good mom. He would tell you certain things that would just mess with your mind. Mm -hmm. And you would start, when you have someone every day telling you, no, it's not no it's not no it's not even though when you know it's true mm -hmm. you start doubting yourself like what if not what if not and then you start believing what they want and that's where they trap you yeah. and that's where they hold you there so yeah so. i agree are there any like telltale examples of things he would say that you can kind of share so some people can be on the lookout for that what like we were talking earlier i had a i have a really big trauma with him um my dog mm -hmm. i had my beautiful dog i had her with me for a long time um, my dad used to live in puerto rico so mm -hmm. i took a plane to go visit my dad and have my daughter go to the beach with her, with us as a family thing and while i was in puerto rico my dog it was not they stole it they ran away we don't really know mm. when we when i got back i was crying Dogs are like family, right? Of course, yeah. And he would tell me that the dog, that was that was because I left for Puerto Rico. If you would have blamed it on you. If I would have not gone to Puerto Rico, that would have not happened. If I would have been here with him, I would have been here with my dog. Mm -hmm. So that would have not had happened. Me crying for days, he would say, well, you should have thought about that when you, were, when you left for Puerto Rico. Mm. mind you i was not going with another person it was not like something wrong i was gonna go visit my family right but instead of me feeling like oh this is an accident this could happen to anybody it was like it's my fault why did i have to go see my parents why did i have to go and spend time with my family because i left him and i left him and the dog and now the dog is not there 
and it didn't matter what I would try to explain. He was like, well, you should have been here. Yeah. What happens that when you're in that depression and that sad, hearing the person that you love telling you you should have not gone, that's when you start blaming yourself. Yes. And that's where they feed out of that. Yep. They feed out of you. Like they already worked in your mind enough for you to feel a blame, and that's where they feed out. Isn't that shit? <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but like that's just the worst part about it, you mm-hmm. know? They just really make you question yourself. And, you know, this podcast is partly in the works because of the way that I had to recover from narcissistic relationships and really build up my self-love again because when you're young when you're a kid you don't think about it you know you you aren't aware of how beautiful you are you're not aware of like the effect that you have on people and how life is and then you grow up and then you run into these kinds of people and they do this like how crappy is that it's horrible horrible. yeah and to make you feel bad about just going to see your family all because what? Probably because he wanted you to stay home with him, right? Yeah, he didn't just wanted me to go. I couldn't go out. Yeah. Um, going out with my family was a problem. Going out with just my daughter was a problem. It was it was everything needed to be around him. Right. And him to be there. Because if not, it was wrong. Right. Okay. It would go into a way that I would need to know what he wanted. You needed to be like a psychic, right? Mm -hmm. In the mornings, if he wanted boiled eggs and I did scramble eggs, he was like, oh, why can't you just ask me before? Oh, but I had this little nice thing to make you breakfast. Oh, no, but that's not what I wanted. So you feel blame instead of being, oh, I did something cute or nice for them. Mm -hmm. You start being like, no, I should not do it. I need to ask them. So you start being like, you know, when you're a kid and you have to ask permission to your parents for everything. It turns out that way, but with your partner, where you should not feel like that. So toxic. It is toxic. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And this was all the first um, narcissistic guy, right? That you're talking about? Yes. Okay. And then whenever things ended, I mean, I kind of know certain (laughs) things about how it ended, but when it did, how did it feel? I was scared. Yeah. Most of being happy about it, when you start cutting out, because you can't cut out with a narcissist person, it's difficult to cut out and just drop it there. Yeah. It's difficult because when they see that they can't play with your mind anymore, Mm -hmm. it turns like a switch on them that they turn even worse. Yeah. Okay. They try to control what got out of their hands anymore. So they start being even more toxic and they try to find you anywhere, look for you. So when I cut the lines, I was so scared because I did not know if he was ever going to show up in my house. Right. If he would call in the five in the five at the morning and you're like, what, what should I do? So it was a relief on a way that he's not there in my house. But it was like a tick-tock, tick-tock thing waiting to see if it's going to blow any minute. Right. It's That's been powerful. two years mm-hmm. out of that. And I'm, I still, from time to time, when I get calls from a number that I don't know. Because he used to call you from those, right? Yes. I still pray that it's not him on the phone. I am able now just to 
hang up and be like, I don't want to deal with it. Right. But still, there's this little breath in your heart Mm -hmm. that says, oh, my God, what if it's him? I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to cry it again. So you could be because I feel like I'm powerful now up to this guy. But still, you get that fear of I don't want to go there anymore. Yeah. So it's difficult to cut those strings. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the worst. Because again, it goes back to like those mental games. You know, they have you waiting on the edge of your seat because they want to keep you right there in case they need you to do something for them or they just decide they want to pop off on you that day. And, you know, they just want to keep you right there on the edge. It's the worst anxiety I've ever felt, too. It's like we're a deposit for them that they can have anytime they want. Yes. No, that actually that's so true because I remember reading something about this. It's like the energy exchange that happens mm-hmm. within narcissism. It's like you are their source. Yes. You are their source. And then the next thing you know, when they have fully depleted you and they have you anxious all the time and down and just depressed that's whenever they start to seek out someone else which makes you even more you know feeling like heartache and stuff but it's it's so powerful they're just like energy vampires in a sense vampires i love that term yeah i've heard it in a couple times and it just makes so much sense in this situation um so let's also rewind whenever you first met him how did it feel? Like, how did he make you feel? Like, did he do that stereotypical, like, love bomb thing? Yes. It oh, was it's the worst. Yes. Um, as I said, he was in the medical field. He mm-hmm. would take you to the prettiest restaurants. He would take care of me. He would buy things for me, my daughter. Mm-hmm. But I'm not talking about expensive things because I'm not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying about details. If I said, oh, I love Skittles. For example, mm-hmm. the next day he would come up with a big bag of, of Skittles and you would be like, oh, he's thinking about me. But that's where they want to have you a right. lot of times. Of okay, course. He would be great. Um, whatever you would tell him, oh, I would like this in sex life and this. And he would, they would please you. They're going to yeah. please you. They're going to do whatever they got to do. Right. But they just want to have you there. Once they have you that you're completely in love mm-hmm. once they have you the hooks and the yeah. hooks and everything that's where they start to see the red flags um he would take me to beautiful restaurants and be like oh but you can't behave like this you mm-hmm. can't do this oh my gosh that just triggered me so hard <gasps> yes oh my gosh how could you because i'm a really simple person like i love fancy restaurants i love to eat Yes. But if you're, if it's just a plain chicken and it looks good, I'm going to have the plain chicken <laughs> and it looks good, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, why are you doing this? Why do you have to be like that? You have to be this. Just mind. That's anybody that tells you why are you being like this, they don't love you the way you are. Because exactly. they're supposed to love you in your flaws and in your goods and everything. Amen to that. So if they're asking you, do not be like this, do not wear this. Do not be like this. I remember he will tell me, I was once at a restaurant. This is a great story. You're going to love this. We were at a restaurant. Spell the tea, say. Spell it. (laughs) And there was, across us, there was another table with a beautiful couple. The thing is, the guy was sitting on a way that he could look forward to me. 
So we were having a conversation, me and my partner. We were just having a normal conversation, a beautiful date mm-hmm. at a bodega. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at the guy because, you know, you sometimes you... And you, I am very nice. Yeah, and yeah. I'm very nice. I smile to people and just look back at him. Mm-hmm. In three seconds, he just looked at me. He extended his hand. And I was like, oh, to give him the hand. He just, like smashed like, like grabbed, grabbed it, really it hard. hard and he was like no. you're changing t- seats right now and whenever you're out with me i do not want you looking any guys in the eyes oh my god so i had to switch shares when we switched shares he was like i know that guy was looking at you you know you have beautiful eyes i don't want him to look at you and feel uncomfortable there he goes and there you go and you're (laughs) like oh he's taking care of me yes but no they're not taking care of you they're just being like you can't play what and it's not even jealousy on a narcissist a guy it's not jealousy right it is that if they see you pay attention just for a second to something else other than them other than them (laughs) they can't deal with that right they can be they can know that you're not gonna go with the person but they need to have all of your attention mm-hmm. so that's that was the hardest part of it yeah okay it's and, and you know the thing that i hate the most these types of people narcissists they are just extremely smart they yes. know how to say the right things. They studied you mm-hmm. clearly, especially in the beginning when they're love bombing you. They pay meticulous attention. All the things that you like, the types of guys you might happen to look at or something, they pay attention and they know, they recognize all these things and they know how to say the right things to get those hooks in you. But then they turn, they turn the tables on you and then the next thing you know, now all the things that they know about you they're using against you they know how yeah they know how to talk to you and like make things better like they could like you said he grabbed your your hand so hard against the table and made you feel like a little bit fearful you're like oh my god what's happening right now but then turn sweet you know he flips the switch and he's like oh i just don't want you know don't want anybody to make you feel uncomfortable I want you wow. to be okay. I don't want you. I don't want you to feel like people are looking at you. Mm-hmm. And then you start feeling like they're taking care of you, but actually they're just putting you in this little bubble mm-hmm. that they're gonna handle it. And they yeah. can pop it or manipulate that bubble anytime. Yes. So. Yes. Oh, I'm just that gave me chills. The moment you had said that one thing about saying like, oh, you can't be like this. You can't act like this. Right. Yes. So let me share you the story. This is actually the second narcissist. Right. This was way more recently. But in the beginning, like we said, they love to love bomb. Also, coincidentally, you know, he was very connected, very wealthy. He could take me on expensive dates and spoil me and all these things. I mean, I'm not normally like a frou-frou person, but for someone like him, it almost made me a little frou-frou because he would surprise me with like purses and shoes and all these things. And I never even asked for them in the beginning like that. But that's how he kind of like won me over. And he was always telling me, oh, I love how free-spirited you are. I love your confidence. I love your energy. Being around you feels so good. He kind of knew the right things to say to me because, again, he's studying me, right? And then 
right around, I would say about two months in, it completely switched. And then all of a sudden, he was saying the exact opposite. Nabila, that shit had me floored. Like, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, why are you so like crazy and out and running around? And when he used to say he loved my free spiritedness, you know, yes. you and I have the same kind of job. We're, we're marketers, right? For, yes. for businesses. And we have to go out and meet people and go to events or like happy hours, stuff like that. The things that he said that he loved about me in the beginning became what he despised. It became the problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. He wanted to keep me at home and like doing something, maybe cooking for him or whatever. And it was just the worst thing. Why would you go off and completely switch? Because they're narcissists and they just, they know the game. They know the game. They want whatever they can't control, they can't have you there. Right. So if you're happy and you're a powerful woman, they can't go ahead. And well, not a woman because women can be narcissists too. So if you're, a, right. if you're not a strong-minded person, they're going to just see how can I keep them happy? Once they're happy, let me just work with that and make them fear that, make them think that they're happy there. Right. And work with that around it. You mentioned something that I, I would, I just remind me, like I can hear him saying clearly, like when he said, I love what you do, the same. Yeah. I love that you go out and you do marketing. I love that you meet people. I love that you can talk to people. Mind you. This guy that I I dated, I met him doing marketing mm-hmm. and most of the events. And then suddenly there was a problem there because then you're marketing and you're you're looking at them. Why are they looking at you? Why are they you're talking? You're the center of attention. You, and talk, yeah. you become the center of attention, which was the first thing that they would tell you. You caught my attention and I like it. I like that about you. Mm-hmm. But then that's the problem. Right. It happens a lot. A lot of my friends dated narcissist people, and they would tell her them not wear this. But when they met them, it was the same thing they were wearing. Right. So they just want to control everything. Mm-hmm. And what they can't control, they don't want it. Yeah. And they're going to make everything to control your mind. Oh, my gosh. And see, I love that we can kind of ping pong back and mm-hmm. forth because that reminded me, too, I used to get my nails, well, I mean, I still do now. I still get fun colors and little, I don't know, bright, shiny things or glitter. And when I remember he would always, like, towards that end, it was like, you need to do your nails just either clear or like a light pink, nothing else. I don't want to see that. It just seems trashy. And then he'd be like, he would buy me clothes, but it would be like, a school teacher almost esque. Yes. And that's not me mm-hmm. to begin with, you know? So, this also just kind of prompted me to ask you, how was the sex life? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all for this week. Tune in next week to hear the rest of our saga about surviving narcissistic relationships with Nabila. Stay nasty, but classy. Until next time. Mm-hmm.